Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 209. It is Monday, September 21st, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and listen to an iPhone with AM radio. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Hey everyone, happy Monday. Welcome to yet another week in 2020. Uh, Don't know how much worse it can get for this world, but hey, we'll keep trying, right? Wherever you're listening to this, if you can like, comment, review, or share, that would be great. We would greatly appreciate it. And maybe I'll leave the sarcasm to a minimum tomorrow when I record. And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, you can go to Facebook and or LinkedIn, type get HIPAA compliance into the search and join the group. It is a light weekend. I will, it was a light weekend, I should say, I will admit for news, newsworthy stuff. I am not going to talk about TikTok and WeChat because to be honest with you, it seems like uh Seems like a money grab for the most part. Now, I I will be the first to tell you that Snapchat is uh, not Snapchat. TikTok is a um, is definitely a security risk, and I would not recommend you use it. But I know lots of people that do use it, and um, some of them even make some decent amount of money on it. So, you know, that's gonna take that's gonna hurt some people. So. Um, and last I heard, it sounds like there's a deal in place for TikTok to continue. Uh, it seems to be very fluid, but I just don't want to get into it on this podcast. So we're going to move on. And first up in cybersecurity news, the CISA has released emergency directive on Microsoft Windows net logon remote protocol. You may recall we talked about this vulnerability. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency has released Emergency Directive ED 20-04 addressing a critical vulnerability, which is um, tracked as CVE 2020-1472, affecting Microsoft Windows NetLogon Remote Protocol. An unauthenticated attacker with network access to a domain controller could exploit this vulnerability to compromise all Active Directory identity services. Earlier this month, exploit code for this vulnerability was publicly released, given the nature of the exploit in the uh, and the documented adversary behavior, CISA assumes active per, uh, exploitation of this vulnerability is occurring in the wild. ED 20-04 applies to executive branch departments and agencies. However, CISA strongly recommends state and local governments, the private sector, and others patch this critical vulnerability as soon as possible. And then there are, is a list of resources here. Um, but essentially... There is a patch for it. If you have not pushed through your, I think it was the August patch. If you have not pushed through your August patches yet, you really should. Yes, uh, there is a note here that says August 2020 patch Tuesday. So this was two patched Tuesdays ago. So September is already passed and then August was before that. If you have not patched yet, um, you really should because it it is being actively exploited or you can assume that it is at this point since there is an exploit kit for it out there. Um, the hacker news, a bug could let attackers hijack Firefox for Android via Wi-Fi network. Dear Android users, if you use if you use the Firefox web browser on your smartphones, make sure it has been updated to version 80 or the latest available version on the Google Play Store. ESET security researcher Lucas Stefanko 
Yesterday tweeted an alert demonstrating the exploitation of a released a recently disclosed high risk remote command execution vulnerability affecting the Firefox app for Android. Discovered originally by Australian security researcher Chris Morbley, the vulnerability resides in the SSDP engine of the browser that can be exploited by an attacker to target Android smartphones connected to the same Wi-Fi network as the attacker with the Firefox app installed. SSDP stands for Simple Service Discovery Protocol, is a UDP-based protocol that is part of UPnP for finding other devices on the network. In Android, Firefox periodi- periodically sends out SSDP discovery messages to other devices connected to the same network looking for a second screen device to cast. So uh, you should update to Firefox 80 or later if you are using that on an Android device. I would do that any device you're using because you never know what other risks are out there. But um, there you have it. So Firefox tries to find another device to cast to, meaning share the screen to. And in doing so, you become vulnerable to um, attack via Wi-Fi. On thehill.com, researchers discover six-year espionage campaign targeting Iranian dissidents. Researchers announced Friday that they had discovered a large-scale six-year campaign by Iranian-linked hackers to surveil Iranian dissidents and expats, including through targeting accounts on the instant messaging app Telegram. Uh, If you're not familiar with Telegram, Telegram, I believe Twitter owns Telegram, and it is um, sort of a secure messaging app, kind of like the WhatsApp Kind of like WhatsApp without the video features. I I don't know if it has video at this point. I haven't used it in quite some time, but that's what I equate it to. A report released by Checkpoint Software Technologies said that beginning as of early as early as 2014, Iranian entities targeted government dissidents, including resistance group Mujahid Muhyiddin E. Kalk and the Azerbaijan National Resistance Organization, although or th- I'm sorry, through attacking their mobile devices and personal computers. The conflict of ideology, ideologies between those movements and the Iranian authorities makes them a natural target for such an attack as they align with the political targeting of the regime, Checkpoint researchers wrote in the, in the report. The Iranian-linked hackers used multiple methods to surveil and attack the victims, including an Android backdoor that posed as a service for Persian speakers in Sweden to apply for a driver's license, extracting two-factor authentication codes from SMS messages, recording the audio surroundings of a phone, and hijacking Telegram accounts. Checkpoint researchers noted that the surveillance and hacking effort was likely part of an effort to collect intelligence on potential opponents to the regime. Lodum Finkelstein Manager of the Threat Intelligence at Checkpoint said Friday that in light of the findings, Telegram was clearly hijackable, emphasizing that instant messaging surveillance, especially on Telegram, is something everyone should be cautious and aware of. The mobile PC and web phishing attacks are all connected to the same operation, Finkelstein said in a statement, meaning these operations are managed according to intelligence and national interests as opposed to technological challenges. We will continue to monitor different geographies across the world to better inform public around cybersecurity. So Iran using t- Iran compromising Telegram accounts, hijacking Telegram accounts to spy on Iranian dissidents. 
Bleep it computer Google app engine feature abused to create unlimited phishing pages. A newly discovered technique by researchers shows how Google's app engine domains can be abused to deliver phishing and malware while remaining undetected by leading enterprise security products. And so this has been a trend where um, those um, malicious actors are are looking for new ways to remain undetected and we talked about a couple last week and here's another example google app engine is a cloud-based service platform for developing and hosting web apps on google's servers while reports of phishing campaigns leveraging enterprise cloud domains are nothing new what makes google app engine infrastructure risky is how the subdomains get generated and paths are routed typically scammers use cloud services to create a malicious app that gets assigned a subdomain they then host phishing pages there or they may use the app as a command and control server to deliver malware payload. But the URL structures are generally, are usually generated in a manner that makes the, them easy to monitor and block using enterprise security products should there be a need. For example, a malicious app hosted on Microsoft Azure services may have a URL structure like HTTPS colon slash slash example dash subdomain dot app one two three dot web dot core dot windows dot net. Therefore, a cybersecurity professional could block traffic to and from this particular app by simply blocking requests to and from the subdomain. This wouldn't prevent communication with the rest of the Microsoft Azure apps that use other subdomains. It gets a bit more complicated, however, in the case of Google App Engine. Security researcher Marcel Afrahim demonstrated an intended design of Google Apps Engine's subdomain generator, which can be abused to use the app infrastructure for malicious purposes or while remaining undetected. Google's AppSpot.com domain, which hosts apps, has the following URL structure: version dot version dash dot dash service dash dot dash project underscore id dot region underscore id dot r dot AppSpot.com. A subdomain in this case does not only represent an app; it represents an app's version, the service name, project ID, and re region ID fields. But the most important point to note here is if any of those fields are incorrect, Google App Engine won't show a 404 not found page, but instead show the app's default page, a concept referred to as soft routing. So as you can see, what will happen is the they will route, they will make a 404 page, they will make a page that doesn't exist, essentially, and then it will reroute to the default page for that app, and which would be then a phishing page. Bleep Computer Microsoft explains why Windows 10 is crashing on Lenovo laptops. Microsoft has acknowledged that changes introduced in recent Windows 10 2004 updates caused crashes, crashes on Lenovo ThinkPad laptops and has offered a workaround. After users installed the July's Windows 10 2004 KB4568831 update, Lenovo ThinkPad users found that their laptops would crash with system thread exception not handled in the stop error message screen and 0xc0000005 access denied errors. Soon after, Lenovo warned that ThinkPad models from 2019 and 2020 with virtualiz virtualization enabled in the enhanced Windows biometric security setting could encounter crashes and other bugs. These crashes could occur when following activity was performed. Blue screen of death when booting, Blue screen of death when starting Lenovo Vantage. Blue screen of death when running Windows Defender Scan. Can't log in by face with Windows Hello. Errors in Device Manager related to Intel Management Engine. Errors in Device Manager related to IR Camera. In a support bulletin released this week, Microsoft states that the KB4568831 updates and those with 
that can later restrict how processes can access certain regions of memory known as PCI device configuration space. If a process attempts to access a PCI device configuration space in an unsupported manner, it will cause Windows 10 to crash with a stop error. Windows services that received the July 31st, 2020 KB4568831 OS build 19041.423 preview or later updates restrict how a processes can access peripheral component inter interconnect PCI device configuration space if a secure device's ACPI table is present and virtualization-based security is running. Processes that have access have to access PCI device configuration space must use officially supported mechanisms. So if you are using Lenovo, that is the reason behind it. You can disable it to disable this feature, boot into the laptop's UEFI setup screen and under the security virtualization menu, check the enhanced Windows biometric security settings status. If it is enabled, you can sacrifice some security on the laptop to prevent the crashes until a fix is released. To temporarily mitigate this problem, edit the device UEFI configuration in the security virtualization section to disable enhanced Windows biometric security. This change disables the restrictions that are enabled by SDEV table and VBS, Microsoft explains. Uh, Microsoft has not stated when their fix will be ready, but will likely require software and possibly firmware updates from Lenovo first. Windows, re Windows removes Windows Defender ability after security concerns. So you may recall that we talked about Microsoft um, creating a giving Windows Defender the ability to download files. Well, they've removed that feature. Microsoft has removed the ability to download files using Windows Defender after it was demonstrated how it could be used by attackers to download malware onto a computer. Um, that was reported last week, as we just said, and they have now removed it. All right, and as I'm sure you are excitedly anticipating listening to an iPhone with AM radio. This is on hackaday.com. I'll be honest, I've never been on this site before, but I saw this posted somewhere. Electronic devices can be surprisingly leaky, often spraying out information for anyone close by to receive. Dr. Cube has found another such leak, this time with the speakers and iPhones. While repairing an old AM radio and listening to a podcast on his iPhone, he discovered that the radio was receiving audio from the iPhone when tuned to 950 to 970 kilohertz. Dr. Cube states that this was able he was able to receive the audio signal up to 20 feet away. A number of people responded to the tweet with video and test results from different phones. It appears that iPhone 7 to 10 are affected, and there is at least one report for Motorola Android phone. The amplifier circuit of the speaker appears to be the most likely culprit, with some reports saying that the volume setting had a big impact. With the short range, the security risk should be minor, although we would be interested to see the results of testing with higher gain antennas. It is also likely that the emission levels will fall with within FCC Part 15 limits. The phenomenon of electronics leaking unattended information in magnetic waves has been known since World War II, and it even has a code name, Tempest. If you want to learn more about it and do some experimentation, there are a number of open source software toolkits you can play with. So, short article, but... Um, you know, I remember when cordless phones were easily intercepted using other cordless phones. So this is, like like the article says, not new, 
but it is new for iPhone. So if you have an iPhone within 20 feet using the speakerphone, you can eavesdrop on it. And a little bit of HIPAA news, CCPA, which is the California Consumer Protection Act, or Privacy Act, sorry, uh, amendment update, California legislature approves exceptions for HIPAA de-identified information and other health data. On August 31st, the California legislature passed California AB 713, which amends the California Consumer Privacy Act to accept from its requirements certain health information, including information that has been de-identified in accordance with the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1996, also known as HIPAA. If Governor Gavin Newsom signs the bill, it would ease some of the CCPA compliance challenges experienced by the healthcare and life sciences industries by more closely aligning the CCPA and HIPAA with HIPAA and other laws governing human subjects research. So uh, if you're in healthcare, this law, if signed by the governor, will ease some of the restrictions around the identified information, healthcare information. Um, and if you want to read more about that, that is on jdsupra.com slash legal news. And uh, you can learn about CCPA and HIPAA all at the same time. I know you're excited. That is going to do it for this edition of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily for Monday. And so until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.